Benfica Podcast is one of the founding members of Benfica Independent. Benfica Independent is an independent platform made by fans for fans. And in it, you can find our podcast, along with many other podcasts, along with articles of opinion, video segments, and much, much more. We're also on Patreon at patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent with exclusive contents for our Patreons. Hasta que no estás aquí dentro no sabes la grandeza de, de este equipo. Sí, es un club que tiene una grandeza que no se comprende si no estás aquí dentro. Son de una magia única, benfiquista. Son nos sentimos así. Por muchos desgustos que podamos tener, valores más altos se levantan. O valor mais alto que se levanta em termos futebolísticos chama-se Benfica. Quero o Benfica intimidar o adversário. Quero o um manto sagrado entrar com vocês em qualquer estado. E estamos, pá! É isso que eu quero! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Doll Befica podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasas. Here we are every Tuesday night or Wednesdays, depending on, on the mood. We are here bringing you the, the latest and, and greatest with me, as always, Dave D'Oliveira. What's happening, Dave? What's going on, Alfredo? I already see a couple of Freddies in the chat mentioning a therapy session. I don't know if, <laughs> if that's... That's going to be the vibe here tonight. Uh, maybe after uh, Saturday's uh, game, it would have been definitely a therapy uh, session and talking a couple of people off the uh, the bridge there. But uh, yeah. hey, we got a victory uh, here today. So yeah, I think the, the victory I'll, I'll, today. I'll be the positive Cristiano uh, tonight on the uh, the podcast. Yeah, the victory today definitely uh, helped uh, dampen a little bit of uh, of what we were feeling, right? Um, but we'll, we'll get into it a little bit. Um, there's a, there's a black square where Cristiano usually is. Uh, he is, uh, obviously today is, uh, Halloween here in, in the U S and, and some more countries. And, uh, as a result, uh, Chris with small children, he might be a little, uh, late, uh, joining us. Uh, but, um, but yeah, if he gets here, he gets here. Uh, but for now, it's just uh, me and Dave. Uh, wanted to say hello to uh, all the Freddies. Uh, Carpe Diem was uh, first one in. Uh, well, I don't know if he was first one in, but certainly the first one to um, to put a comment on the uh, on the chat here. Carpe Diem, E. Mello, uh, Diogo Reis, Zach Silva, Davy Hen, uh, Jason Gaidola, Chico Marcelino. Here he is. And uh, that's the pe the folks that have joined us. Welcome. Let us know if the sound is okay. Um, but here we are on tonight's uh, agenda. We will recap the Casa Pia game. We'll also recap the Aroca game for the Tasa de Liga. And uh, we will look ahead to Benfica's next game against uh, Chavez, which comes up this this weekend. Hope everybody's well. Hope uh, for any of you that, that celebrate Halloween. Hope that uh, went well. Watch out! Don't eat uh, too much uh, too much candy. Uh, sugar is bad for you. Uh, but you, I guess you 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 should enjoy it. it it's Halloween after all. Steal that, those candies from the from your kids. <laughs> so yeah, everything so, in moderation. That's right. That's right. Uh, so let's um, while we wait for Cristiano. I don't know if Cristiano is going to join us or not. Uh, certainly. Uh, I texted him a little bit before, uh, it was like uh, maybe 10 to 9, a quarter to 9, uh, to ask him how he was doing. He said, I'm just getting in the car to go home. Uh, but earlier today, I said, there's no way you're going to be able to be on a podcast because kids are going to go trick-or-treating. They're going to get that sugar rush. You're going to have a really hard time putting them down. <laughs> so I don't expect him to come in, but I left a little window there on the uh, broadcast just in case he joined us. 
uh, to throw him over there. But uh, yeah, uh, me and Dave, me and Dave have have, have navigated this plenty of times. Well, we'll be here. We'll do the the job that uh, that's expected of us. So, Dave, um, let's let's start with this Casapia game. I'll give the lineup, and then we'll we'll get started. Truben was in goal. Auschwitz, Silva, Otamendi, Bernat, Tino, and Neves. Uh, in the middle, João Mario Nerj, Rafa underneath Cabral. Uh, we found out that uh, Musa had uh, amygdalite, which I believe is a sore throat, semi-cold type of thing. Ba and Kokshu uh, hurt. Uh, ba still dealing with that injury that he brought from the national team. Kokshu apparently has plantar fasciitis, Dave. Which is which is extremely yeah, never, painful and uncomfortable. Never a good thing to uh, to have here. Like we uh, said, that's not a uh, one game uh, takeoff. That's a, a full rest and recovery for that. Uh, some it's it sounds something so so minor, but definitely uh, painful for whoever's uh, experienced it. So uh, no uh, cockshoe for the the time being, at least. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, and, it, and the funniest thing is, and I was just saying this to you, Dave, as we uh, were about to to come on live, uh, was that uh, both of those guys played against Real Sociedad. So not even at a, they weren't at a hundred percent. I'm sure uh, they were already uh, suffering from these injuries, and and yet they were playing Real Sociedad. And Kokshu clearly, clearly debilitated uh, by something which we didn't know at the time. Um, I think that even in a flash interview, he he, went, he walked he walked in a flash interview and he was uh, limping um, after the game. So, uh, look, we 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 talk about uh, things here all the time about what our feelings and what our decisions or what Roger Schmidt's decisions should be and plans and tactics should be, but the truth of the matter is that. We don't know what goes on behind the scenes, right? We don't know how how hurt these guys are, uh, how debilitated they are, if they can give their con- contribution, if they're what kind of percentage, more or less, are they at that's acceptable for them to be a choice. Uh, and we certainly saw it in uh, today's lineup, which we'll get into a little bit. But certainly, how much of today's change of tactics? are a result of not having guys available and having to change things up a little bit. I mean, we all know that something needs to change, right? Because the team just hasn't been what they were last year. Uh, And granted, we all spoke about the three crucial players that the team has lost. Um, We spoke about the uh, $70 that we invested on players only to, so far, them being... You know, bums, as Cristiano likes to uh, likes to say. But at the end of the day, we don't really know what goes on behind the scenes. Uh, there's information that Roger Schmidt and and the rest of the, his technical staff are, are privy to that we're not. We don't know the extent of the injuries. We don't know what players are going through what. Uh, so it's it, it, for us. You know, fans that don't have this type of insight, it's very easy to point fingers and say, "Well, this, you should you should do this and you should do that." When at the end of the day, we're not really, we don't have all the information. We don't have all the information, so it's it's hard for us to to make those assessments. And it's it's much easier to say, "Oh, yeah, you take this guy, you put this guy here, and you change this guy, you change this formation, and and it should work." But not having all the information and all the details from the medical staff and, and even from the guys that assess the players on a daily basis, the coaches, it's hard for us to make determination, Dave. Yeah, but um, I want to look at these injuries as kind of a positive uh, way and maybe giving some of these other guys uh, uh, a look at where we know Roger is very stuck in his ways with his 11 that he likes to pick in week uh, week in and week out. But a guy like uh, Florentino, for example, where we were uh, clamoring that uh, he (laughs) should be getting some minutes here and there, and um, uh, Kokshu going down is an opportunity for for Florentino, right? So 
Um, I'm going to put a positive spin on it and say that uh, hopefully with these injuries that uh, allows other guys to step up to the plate and really take uh, make their most out of these minutes that they're giving. Yeah, you know, I, and I agree with you. Uh, I think that there's guys that are French players that wouldn't otherwise get minutes, like uh, Tiago Govea, for example, right? And we, we will discuss him a little later when we talk about today's game. But certainly it's an opportunity for those guys to shine. And a lot of those guys, you know, it you, you give them the opportunity and not they don't always take advantage of the opportunity. Uh, but look, the, as long as the opportunity is there, as like our old coach uh, used to say, Caval Passaporta. Passaporta uma vez. <laughs> That's what Rui Vitória used to say. So you better get on that horse. Um, but anyway, let's get into this game. Sloppy, sloppy um, half, first half by Benfica. First 30 minutes, another struggle, trying to get something going. Good. Uh, the last 10, Benfica pushed. And that's when they got the the goal, a goal by João Mario, which is, you know, I'm I'm surprised that Benfica doesn't get more shots out, you know, long distance shots, and not this one, that this one was a long distance shot, but certainly the shot was there, and João Mario took it rather than look for a teammate or look for a little cheeky combination to get the ball in front of the goal and get a better position, but certainly one of those shots that the ball jumps up and you hit it squarely and and you make it dip into the far corner, and and there it was. Um, and it's something that we spoke about here um, in previous podcasts is the fact that João Mario and Gonçalo Ramos, João Mario especially, he had a career game last season in terms of his uh, goal-scoring output. Um, so the fact that he hasn't been scoring this year has also uh, not helped us, right? So the goals are coming from elsewhere, but not from João Mario, which he was a big influence, a big factor for us last season. Uh, but he got the goal. And Dave, I thought going into the half, up one nothing after that struggle, we're thinking, okay, we got one, go into the locker room, just clear your minds, come back a little bit more relaxed, not with the same pressure. Because after that, that um, Real Sociedad game, what we wanted was a response from the team, right? Because that was that was atrocious, right? So, Casapia, worst defense, uh, worst. Uh, uh, I forget what the, what the stat was. It was the worst defense, or, or um, no? They, I, the, they the didn't score. They, they didn't score many goals, right? Or something like that. They didn't score many goals, but had the second best defense behind uh, Porto, if uh, I was not mistaken. So. And which we could see in this game, anyways, uh, they were a very well organized team behind uh, the ball. Didn't really give us too many headaches going forward, but they were. You got to give uh, a tip of the cap to Casapia because they were definitely uh, organized and uh, prepared uh, for yeah. us in this match. And and it's something that look, uh, if you've seen the amount of of coaches that have come out of the Portuguese league, we know that. Portuguese coaches have have definitely taken a step up in terms of the education that they're receiving now, how they approach the game, the way they read the game. There's a lot of good coaches in in Portugal, uh, and albeit some of them mid-range, but they know how to read games, they know how to study teams, they have good technical staffs, good scouts, and they know how to prepare games, uh, especially to play a team like Benfica, who has shown to have struggled in terms of how uh, how to, they put together a, a good performance, uh, which they haven't in a long time. And we've been seeing this since the Sturil game. Even some of the earlier games that we played against Mancus, we've gotten away with a lot of things. Yes, we beat Porto, but one of the games we you know we we got lucky. Porto definitely outplayed us in one of the one of the games. Uh, but certainly these are things that we we started seeing. And I mentioned this on a podcast last week. Um, it, it can't be all doom and gloom, right? After all, we were in second place. We're one point um, off the off first place. And uh, despite the, the terrible Champions League campaign that we're having, we're pretty good in domestically, right? But so it's not all doom and gloom, but the thing is that when you see the trend in which the team has shown in terms of form and performance in the past three, four games, 
you know where this is headed. We've seen this movie before, and and we know the ending, and it doesn't end well. Uh, so against this Casapia was it was another struggle. It was another struggle. Um, came back in the second half. Casapia a lot more assertive in the second half. Came out to play. Obviously being down. Truben PK save in the fifty third minute. Uh, Tina would a would a careless tackle, and and that is a. A very, very high-risk tackle by Tinu. Um, the outside foot is always the foot that you're going to be able to get the momentum and sweep your leg and be able to get that tackle in. But when you go with the inside foot, you better be sure that you're going to get to the ball first without contact. And using your inside leg, which is the leg that's closest to the player and closest to the ball, obviously, there's always a chance that if you mistime it, you are going to foul the player. And that's what Tino did. And after all the clamoring, we got to have Tino, 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 for a player to make a mistake like that, then now could have compromised the result had it not been for Trubin's save. Um, it was it was not a, a comfortable position. And uh, Dave, as I was mentioning, when I saw that and I saw Trubin save the penalty, I said, wow, we, we dodged the bullet. Yeah, what, what were you? What were your thoughts after that? You think, well, well. Yeah. No, no. I was. I shared the same uh, feelings as you. I said that that should have given the boys a kick in the ass. You know, like they just got bailed out by Trubin once again. Uh, two penalties already. This uh, two penalties saved this season. Looks like we really got a uh, keeper back uh, back there. But yeah. If that didn't get the uh, boys going to try to get a second goal, um. I, I don't know. They they just had it in cruise control that whole second half and really never looked to have anything going up front uh, there. And uh, then you have Jurasek uh, come in and because of Pia, credit to them again, they start attacking that uh, that side and ultimately get the, the goal there in the 81st minute. But this team just looked like they had no motivation uh, not no creativity, just doing the bare minimum up front, and these are one of the games where that's gonna bite you in the ass, right? And I'm sure uh, there's Freddies out here that are ready to point the finger at, at Roger, but how many times? And I'm not saying that the criticism is uh, isn't warranted, but how many times and how many podcast seasons have we done where it seems like the same? I don't even want to say the same group of guys because some of these guys uh, are definitely newer and older guys have left but it seems like there's always just this malaise around the team um, at this time of the season or after after a, a championship season there's just always some sort of malaise and no um, no urgency from this team so there, I don't know what it is um, I wish I, I did so and <laughs> we don't have to deal with this every every year, but God, uh, I really hope we're not at the beginning of a really bad, uh, yeah. scary movie here on uh, as we're recording this on Halloween. But we've seen, <laughs> like you said, we've seen the ending before, and it's not a pretty ending. So I hope uh, somebody's uh, able to switch the uh, script here for us. Yeah, no, for sure. But it's like a, a, a dark cloud that takes over the team, and the team can't can't shake whatever spell they're under they can't uh they can't shake it off and it's 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 as a spectator and as a fan right for us to follow the team and take the time out to uh, watch the team every weekend when you were sitting on your couch watching this and you're thinking man this is bad this is really really bad um, to the point that you start having flashbacks, starting flash flashbacks to the Rivitoria days. You start to getting flashbacks to the to the Brunelage days, to the to the Verissimo days, to the to the JJ days, second stint, obviously. But it, it's like one of those things, man, that you're like, I don't know what's going on with this team, what kind of funk they're in, that they just can't seem to to shake it. Uh, and certainly watching this this second half and how poor uh, they were and not putting the game away, um, you know, 
and it ends up coming. They came down to to our to our box, and they had a Jurasex who was who came in from from Bernat, who apparently is still not not good to play the whole 90 minutes. Uh, Jurasek came in a 64th minute. Ball is get gets played over 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 Jurasek. He's he's caught flat-footed. Uh, he's not able to defend. There's a a really close-range shot uh, at Trubin, and and Trubin could have done a lot better, right? That's a five-hole save in the first post. Uh, I you can't give up a goal like that at the first or the near post, I should say. Um, it was just it was just it was not good. But at the end of the day, when you look at everything that had transpired and how you were feeling in the game and the fact that you can't close out the game, that you can't put the few opportunities that you're creating away, you're just going to put pressure on a defense to be there every time for you and to be able to shut it down. Uh, and understanding the fullbacks that we have, both on the right side and left side, albeit Arsenis does an okay job when he's uh, on uh, on the right side. He's, he's still not a natural defender. So Juracek get, uh, got beat. Befica gives up the goal, and now all of a sudden there's a sense of urgency uh, for this team to come to really get on their horse and and chase this result. Why couldn't this sense of urgency be there from the from the first or or the the whistle for the second half? Because you got to put this away. You got to put this away. You got to respond after the Real Sociedad performance, and and you got to send a message to the fans that look, we're still here. We're working hard. I know we're not. We haven't done the best, but we're going to keep plugging in and getting those three points, regardless of good, bad, or indifferent. Uh, we're going to grab the three points. And, and this just wasn't the case. And the fact that now there's a sense of urgency to chase the result, you got to wonder, Dave, where was this sense of urgency to start the second half or to even put the game away? It's just, it, yeah. you, you can't just, it's either you're, you're, you're in and you're, you're locked in and you're all in in terms of what your objective is, or you have a switch that you could switch on and off as you please, and it does seem like that. And if the team is 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 putting the switch, turning the switch on and off, that's not that's not good. That's not good. And the team isn't clicking on all cylinders now, where they have that ability to turn it on and off, right? They and as we saw on Saturday, that that was the case, right? They did create some opportunities, but some luck that uh, when Kazapia was away and not our way, a couple of crossbars and goal line uh, clearances. But um, when the team's not clicking, you can't just expect to turn the switch on and off. And when you do, you get res- one-one results uh, like uh, like this here. So uh, something's. I hope I hope that was just a reminder for the the guys. Not that they need a reminder to. Uh, to always uh, give it all, give it their all, and take care of uh, of of uh, victories when they have it. But maybe it's just a a good reminder for them at this stage of the year. Uh, still October here, lots of uh, season to go, and uh, hopefully they can uh, get that rectified uh, going forward here. Yeah, Jason Gaidola is saying here, you can't coach heart and desire. Absolutely, no. Uh, that has to come from inside. Each player needs to be motivated, and he has to buy in to the coach's ideas and message to be able to perform. But if your heart and desire are not there, it makes your job a lot harder, or the team's job a lot harder. Uh, and you, like I said, hey, go ahead, Dave. No, I was going to say one player that comes to mind where I'm questioning his heart and desire is is Rafa. I was going there. Um, you know, he's a guy when when everything's clicking and this team is doing well, he's uh, one of the RX factors. Uh, you can't deny that, that when Rafa's on his game, Benfica nine times out of ten are, are usually winning those those games. But God, has he been... Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say he's been awful these, these last couple of games. I don't know if we have the uh, luxury of being able to sit him on the bench now with a couple of these injuries, but uh, he's a guy that does need uh, to be sat down because he has 
for a guy that is known for his pace and his speed, he's showing none of that right now. And it look I don't know if it's a lack of motivation or, or desire, but uh, the top class Rafa that uh, we we enjoy seeing is not there right now. Yeah, no, I I um I I agree. And Rafa was one of the guys that I was going to mention in terms of you know the heart and desire. Um, I don't know. It's just it's just Rafa is such a like a odd dude in terms of these funks that he gets to and you know it's it's a lot of a lot of it, ha- it has to do with his mental state uh right and i i call him Rafa bear because uh from october to to april he just hibernates he just goes and and hides somewhere and and i hope that schmidt is able to see this it's not acceptable for a guy that's in that poor form to continue to deserve minutes when there's guys on the bench that could come in. Gedge, Thiago Veja is, is certainly making a name for himself uh, to be able to to slot in. Nerj, we found out that after the game that he's he's has a, some kind of a, a knee injury, might be a meniscus injury. We don't know for sure how long he's been out. The first prognostic was that he was going to be out until 2024. Now we're hearing that it may not be as bad. I think at the end of the day, uh, I think that uh, they have to assess it. There's there's magnetic re- uh, re- uh, res- resonance. Reson- is that right? Is that a good? Is that a right word? Resonance. Ooh, resonance. Magnetic resonance exam that needs to take place to look at the extent of the injury. But I I was telling Dave, um, I don't know if you guys remember, but Nelson Smith. Uh, had a, a, a similar injury, uh, meniscus injury, and he was out for for a good two months. Um, so we'll, we'll see. We haven't yet heard a, def, a, a definite uh, timeout or absent time for for Nerj, but uh, certainly it's it's not um, it's not encouraging. But the good thing is that we have Di Maria and we have other guys on the bench. And that's the the beauty about having a deep bench, albeit some of that depth is there doesn't equate to uh, quality. Let me read some of uh, the comments that we have uh, here on the chat. Everybody's uh, very lively today. I don't know if people are just uh, eating some sugar. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, Sheikh Marcelina said, we need a Chris Rent Halloween special. <laughs> yeah. Um Saying, uh, let's see, Diogo Reis says, uh, this bar is atrocious, Maurice Gilbert. But, Diogo, we don't know. I mean, now we know that Ba is injured. He came back from the inter- from the international break hurt. How long has this injury been plaguing him? Because he's been playing. He's been playing on, on and off. Um, Zach Silva says, three center backs. Wow, what a number. Now I can say, see you. I don't know what that means. Uh, let's see. Uh, Red Baron saying plantar fasciitis injuries, if really bad, can take up to 12 weeks to to fully heal. Yeah, it's bad. It's not something that you could – the only way to heal that is rest. Nothing else. So he's going to be very limited in terms of the work he's going to be able to do um, with the ball. Uh, Brunjil Rodriguez says we just don't have a boss and a brain to lead the team. We have a boss in Otamendi, but I I do understand the, when you mention brain. I mean sometimes you you need a guy in the middle of the park to be controlling what's going on to settle other guys uh, uh, settle guys down. Zach Silva saying George Zeus come back. No, for please no for this. Diogo Reis says Joao Mario scoring is our problem he scores and we think he's great meanwhile he's our worst player I wouldn't say he's worse he's got, he's had moments I think right now the I mean, wor- worst player is Rafa no, I was just, aside from Juracek yeah. uh, for Rafa's struggles Joao Mario is getting on the uh, <laughs> score sheet now right like he had uh, against Lusitania he scored against Casapia and he was inches away from scoring uh, in today's match too. So if we can get, we just need production. I don't care who the hell is scoring. Yeah. If we can get some production 
and uh, light some fires under some guys' asses. I'll take uh, João Mario. I'll take Juricic. Just put the ball in the net. Yeah, Diogo Reis-Tino played well outside the PK. Uh, Zach Silva corroborates that 90% pass, 90% passing accuracy. Um, yeah, look, I just um, Chico Marcelino says flashbacks. I'm having nightmares with this team. Zach says not calling up B team B team players in favor of uh, the sh the shit king shit was a big wasted opportunity. Um, I don't know. I don't know if there's real talent in the B team right now because they've been struggling this year, and I don't know if it has anything to do with their coach or not. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't. I really don't see anything anybody uh, on the B team right now that could just come in and do something. Um, Diogo Reyes things could very well get worse for us with these injuries piling up. Um, Diogo Reyes also still very little, uh, a little, still very little continuity with this team, especially in the midfield and attack, which is why I think Roger Schmidt played so many starters today. And if we don't get going soon, things get very well, get could get very well gloomy. Uh, Red Baron says Thiago will benefit benefit from all these injuries. Otamendi is not a boss. He's always been fake news. Epa. He's only rated because he goes diving and beats his chest. And Tony Silva is the real center back and captain. Epa, pronto. Abola, you got uh, you got your own opinion, man. Um, I think part of the reason why we we renewed with Otamendi was the uh, the leadership figure, figure that he is uh, in his team and in his locker room. If you watch that um, the documentary, the fact was it uh, the documentary about Benfica's uh, last uh, last season, um, Otamendi was always the center figure in terms of getting guys uh, motivated, getting guys going in the locker room before a game. So. I, I think he is a he is a boss. Um, I don't I don't know, but like I, you know, you have your opinion, and everyone else has as theirs. Uh, I don't think he's fake fake news. I think that he's uh, he's the real deal. Um, some people may have questioned why we renewed, but with uh, with Muratu Silva, uh, you know, and and a couple of the Tiago Ruujo uh, also. Uh, so. Uh, but look, I, I do think that uh, Otamendi is this team's boss. I don't have any doubts of that, and I think that if you ask a lot of people, they will agree with that. But again, that's uh, that's your opinion, and I'm, 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 I'll gladly uh, I'll gladly accept it. Um, what else? A bola que danças, mas infelizmente o futebol atual está cheio de imagens, está cheio de imagens, e as pessoas dão mais atenção àqueles que parecem aqueles Parecem que aqueles que realmente são José Mourinho. That's a quote by José Mourinho? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, um, so it, it, key two points uh, dropped at Stadio Luz. You never want to drop uh, points at Stadio Luz, especially when you got a, a run of games uh, that are going to lead you to a matchup on the Derby against Sporting, against first play Sporting and Sporting was able to add two points to to their lead so we we haven't we're not able not yet as as we record this to keep that same distance between us and Sporting which could make that game at Stadio Luz in a few weeks time uh, extremely important for for Benfica um so it's a shame it's a shame Dave Dave stats on this game so we can move on Yeah, a couple of here. Uh, it's been 40 years that a Benfica goalkeeper has saved two penalties in the same uh, season uh, during Portuguese uh, league uh, action there. And uh, Juracek uh, came in in the 33rd minute, lost the ball uh, 11 times uh, in the 33 minutes that he was in compared to Bernard, uh, Bernard uh, who lost the ball only once in the 64 minutes that yeah. uh, he was on some. Not uh, not good for uh, Jurasek there. Yeah, you know, there's a, a lot of people also questioning Bernat. Why isn't Bernat being more involved in the attacking uh, side of of the play? 
Uh, and the reason for that is because he can't he can't go the ninety yet. So if he starts doing ups and downs, ups and downs, instead of lasting sixty minutes, which is where and when he got taken out, he's gonna last forty minutes. And then he's gonna struggle for the rest. Um, <laughs> so we'll see. I read something on Twitter today that said that uh, that that this Bernard situation is uh, is feeling very very similar to the Draxler situation from last year. Uh, obviously, the same club on loan similarities injury before uh, injury last season um, a lot of time out comes to the team not ready still going through some 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 physical um, build up that he needs and now we kind of see a Bernat that's not the Bernat that we're, we're used to so I mean could be a coincidence um, but but certainly we haven't been able to take advantage of Bernat as we had hoped Um all right, so the, after a loss, Dave, there's no better time than to uh, get the team back on the field so they could respond, and they were on the field today against uh, Aroca. They it was a draw, but it, it felt like a loss. Loss of points, for sure. <laughs> Dave, anything but a win is a loss for me. At Stade Luge, playing against Casapia, for me, is a loss, dude. It's a loss. Loss of points. It's a loss. Sorry. <laughs> no, it felt like it. Definitely felt like it uh, after the the game late Saturday night was a little bit uh, yeah. uh, ruined by it. But yeah, so not, a good, let, uh, not a good result. Let me let me ask you something. I'll give you the lineup, and then I'll you know I'll get your opinion on it. Trubin was in goal. Silva, Otamendi, and Muratu with a three back, three center back uh, setup. Neves, Dinu, João Mario, and Auschnitz, Di Maria, Gedge, and Rafa. What did you think when you saw this lineup? I, I, I was sure that they were going to play with three center backs. We, Steve Santos and I were training a few messages, and he, did, he thought that maybe Auschwitz would go to the right and Morata would stay on the left. But I always, from the get-go, I thought that, uh, that it would be those three center backs. What I didn't anticipate, Dave, and you could tell me your thoughts on the lineup, was Romario being in the middle and, and Jean Neves being on the right. Yeah, I guess I, I never really thought of it uh, that uh, way. I mean, these are, I don't want to really call them desperate times. Like I said, we're still kind of early in the season here. But with these injuries, and we've been clamoring for some, some changes to the lineup. So, I mean, it shows that Roger's able to uh, to mend his uh, his stubbornness and uh, change up his, his formations here, right? And especially when we've seen guys like Jurisek struggling, Bernard not fully healthy, and, and now with the injury with, with Ba. And I think Schmidt alluded to it here. You've got a guy like Moratu who's in form, itching to get that, that starting time. So why not switch the formation to, to get those three guys uh, back there? Um, in terms of João Neves, I guess you could say that it was the, the head-scratcher there, but the guy's been uh, been proving us all wrong since he's been called up to the the senior uh, squad. So why not uh, try him in a different position and see what we can get out of him at this point? Yeah, and the way I kind of justified it in my head was that with Di Maria not tracking back, with us not playing with the fullback, right, playing with only three center backs, it made a lot more sense to have João Neves on the right. Because Ron Neves would be able to track back and cover ground uh, and and defend at the same time as as he was going up, and I don't know if Juan Mario had that in him. He certainly doesn't have the the speed, or he doesn't cover as much ground as as Juan Neves covered. So I kind of, after I thought about it and I was watching the game, I was like, well, maybe that's why he did it because he really needed somebody to. Uh, go up and down that wing. On the other side, you had Auschwitz, which was going to be no problem. That's what he typically does. Um, but yeah, I was I was surprised by the lineup. I was uh, pleasantly surprised, I could say, right? And and look, we're playing an Aroca team that has only won one game this season, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, it was it was, albeit at a up north, smaller pitch, heavy pitch. Um, I thought that we would have enough on this with this team to be able to 
to uh, to beat Aroca. Um, and certainly, uh, you know, I I I liked it. I like Di Maria, Gedz, and Rafa. Uh, I think that Gedz could play all three positions in um, in, in up top. And the fact that we're struggling with uh, with uh, center forwards and and Musa being out and Cabral having the struggles that he's that he's had so far this season, why not? Let's try Gedge. And oftentimes we saw Gedge, Di Maria, and Rafa switch up on that uh, on that top line. And we know that those guys all know how to play those three positions, so they're interchangeable. It's not like Cabral, who's a box guy, he just sits on a box, doesn't really go much else, doesn't really look for empty spaces behind guys that are going to free up those spaces. So um, I, I liked it. I liked the lineup. I just thought that maybe uh, Neves could have gone in the middle, but I, I understood the reason why. 26 minutes in, Di Maria free kick special. Um, Befica's up one nothing, and uh, you know nothing too flashy from Befica up until that point, or even in the first half. But you know, uh, as expected, a team that was uh, dominating this game, uh, but not to the point that you're suffocating Aroca. Right? Uh, we had possession. Uh, we were uh, in charge of of the uh, the flow of play, but it wasn't the prettiest. Uh, and I think that uh, even the team struggled in the first 10 minutes to put string some passes together. They kept missing passes, but uh, they settled and and it was it was an okay half. It was an okay half for a new uh, formation, something that we haven't seen before. Uh, so I thought it was it was okay. What were your thoughts, Dave? That we were going to be able to see this home or did you think that second half if we don't put the game away then we run into another situation where we're going to be against the the ropes i was going to say i was having a little bit of Casapia flashbacks because we got the <laughs> the first goal quick uh but then put it into somewhat of a cruise control never really looked uh dangerous going forward uh, I know you mentioned Gedge there, but I thought he was a little bit wasteful with the opportunities yeah. that he had uh, today. I know he's coming off uh, an injury and um, he's not uh, maybe fully fit from from his uh, his layoff and not at uh, top form. But I thought uh, he could have been uh, a little bit more clinical uh, with the chances that yeah. he had uh, on top there. But um, but yeah, I, I, they never really looked to be clicking in that high gear that we want to see and we expect this uh this team um to perform uh, especially going forward with the uh, the ball there um yeah but I, I ultimately we ended up do getting that second goal from uh Cabral and I know he's been getting uh, ragged on but uh really nice play uh, taking the ball uh pretty much half the uh the field uh there and, and putting it uh on that bottom corner but uh, so shout out to Cabral and hopefully, I mean, as much as we rag on him, we just want 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 him to score goals. Like I said, doesn't matter if it's Schwamariu, if it's Cabral, we just we just need somebody to get going here and start putting away these uh, chances. Because ultimately, I think we've seen that our defense isn't uh, as strong this year. But if we can outscore opponents, hey, we're gonna we're gonna win a uh, majority of these these games here. So. Yeah. Uh, none of these one out, one nil uh, stinkers, and uh, start putting in some uh, some goals here. Yeah, and uh, you know it looked like we came out to play in the second half. Uh, you know, with uh, a goal in the 54th minute, which would eventually get called back. Uh, and the reason it got called back wasn't uh, for the uh, João Mario offside or whoever. Yeah, João Mario offside, but it was Di Maria when he. He got the ball. He was offside. That's that's what the what the call was. So we got that scratched in the 56th minute. Dave, imagine that 56th minute. Rogers making moves. Cabral for Di Maria. Thanks that forgets Govea for Rafa. He explained in the uh, post game flash interview that the team had played against Real Sociedad, and uh, you know there's some guys some 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 tired legs. So he he decided to manage, which is which is great. I praise him for that. Um, seventy fourth minute, uh, a goal by by Cabral off of uh, Tinkstead, uh assist, Dave. 
who would have I don't I don't I don't I never thought that I would have those two guys in the same sentence, one assisting the other one, the other one scoring a goal. Cabral, which was literally um, a good, I would say maybe, I don't know, I want to say it in meters, Dave. Uh, he was a good, he was behind the halfway line, but he was a good three to four meters ahead of his nearest defender. And I gotta be honest. <laughs> I gotta be honest with you. I'm watching him run, and it's just like slow motion. He's like, go, 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 and you see the guys come up on him. And I thought that he was gonna get swallowed up at the end, but he was able to put his body in front of it, and and good finish too. Good finish, and good for him. And Diogo Reis that says that he's gonna be calling him Artur Cabral uh, going forward. But look, I think there's 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 things. Uh, that forwards drive on, and, and the main thing is getting goals. And look, the guy still still looks slow as shit. But that, you know, not every forward is lightning fast. You could have guys that are that are slow, but know how to position themselves, know where to be, uh, know where the ball is going to go, and they don't need to run on to those balls. They could just be well positioned to strike. Uh, and I think that's who Cabral is, albeit he still looks very rusty in terms of his movements. But it's good that he got a goal. It's great for his confidence. It's great for the team, right? Because now they have a guy that is scoring goals. Uh, and anyone that could score goals and that has a goal output, everyone, anyone is is welcome, uh, really. So 2 nothing by Benfica in the 74th minute. Bernat came in for Fortino in the 77th. In the 86th, Roger Schmidt made his last substitution with Araujo com- coming in for, for Silva. And Benfica was able to uh, cruise uh, through the end of the game after that second goal um, by, by Cabral. Um, decent game. It wasn't, like I said, it wasn't the flashiest of performances by Benfica. But it's... It's sometimes when you're struggling and you're coming off a bad streak, the most important thing is to be able to get back on the winning column and maybe start your momentum from there. Uh, and I hope that um, that that's where Benfica goes. In terms of the new system, I don't know if it's here to stay or if it was something that was had to be done as a result of the, the hand that Roger Schmidt has been dealt in terms of injuries, in terms of guys that um, were available. Uh, but sir, I, I don't dislike it. I don't dislike it. Uh, I think that uh, Ruben Amorim plays with uh, a three-back setup. But, I mean, this is something that's been worked on for, for years now. This has always been Ruben Amorim's trademark was that three-back uh, three-back line for Benfica. This is the first time we, we've seen it. And after uh, you could make an argument and said, well, is is it really uh, the time of the season to be making experiments? And we've been doing this in, in the preseason and, and having these experiments. The way things have been going with Benfica, maybe you should be making experiments right now because apparently whatever you had on your game plan wasn't working before. So maybe this is a way to go. I don't know. Dave, what do you think? Here I, to stay? I'm just looking at that that back line and how we've all been uh, clamoring for Moratu to get some some minutes. Why not go with the three back? Because Jurisic bernat combination there is not working. Whether Bernat's not healthy and we've seen what a healthy Jurisic is is doing right, right now. And then uh, Ba is out, so you got to somewhat put Arshness in there and Joan Vitor doesn't uh, count uh, on this uh, this squad there so for the time being why not go with the three uh, most uh, reliable defenders you've got back there they all happen to be uh, center backs so send yeah. them back there and then um, in terms of the, the lineup in the middle there I think I'm just looking at the bench with the injuries that we've got that, that uh, lineup should stay the same in the middle there uh, yeah. um, and I would swap out uh, Cabral for Gedge up front just to try to get Cabral, uh, Cabral get uh, get him going there and have Gedge as your uh, super sub off the bench. But 
Uh, I'm fine with this uh, this formation here going forward for the time being while we uh, deal through the injuries. Only thing, uh, while we it seems like we've gotten uh, been by this injury bug at the moment, make sure we got to bubble wrap Di Maria because <laughs> he's by far and away uh, our best uh, player with with quality out of this world. You can still tell even at uh, his older age, this guy is just yep. top class. So. Wrap uh, Di Maria in bubble wrap. Uh, <laughs> make sure he's uh, he's healthy here. Yeah, and, and and looking at the players that you have at your disposal, and when you look, okay, well, Ba is not right. Who do we put there? We could put Auschwitz. but now you don't have Nedge. Who do you put on that side, right? So I I think it was it was somewhat of an easy decision for for Roger Schmidt. Um, and I gotta be honest, I, I didn't dislike it. Let's just say that, uh, I'm not a big fan of, of such radical changes. I think that if you are to implement, implement it, you have to find a way to be able to balance the defensive transition. And I think that when you have Auschwitz on one side and João Mario on, I'll be a João Mario a little slower, I think that you're in a better position to be able to balance that defensive transition because if you go back to the three center backs and your routines and your automatisms are not right, you're going to be getting beaten down that line each time. And and Morato's going to be stretched out coming out to the line. Um, you know, Antonio Silva is going to be stretched out coming out to the line, and then you got guys going through in through the middle. So I think it could work, but it needs to it needs a lot of work, it needs a lot of practice, and we need to make sure that the team stays balanced, especially uh, without uh, without fullbacks. But I, I liked it. I liked it. Well, uh, we our next, not including the Sociedad game, but we have Shash, Sociedad, and then Sporting. So maybe this is all lead up to getting that formation and uh, familiarized with the squad in preparation for that, that sporting uh, match there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I, I think that is uh, that. And here's the other thing, right? I think that teams have become so familiar in the way that we play um, that they've been able to devise a game plan that's able to kind of nullify some of our points and expose our weak points also. So I think that now we have this different look. Uh, now maybe we're sending a lot of teams to scramble in terms of, okay, what does Mefica look like? What are their movements? What are their combinations? How do they line up? How do they take up spaces? So it, now you've kind of thrown a monkey wrench in terms of game planning for other teams because this is a new look Benfica that uh, that they're looking at. So I I like that. I just hope that if this is the system that's at least here to stay for a couple more games or or for whatever amount of time it takes until we get those guys back. If the idea is to go back to the original tactical setup. Um, I think that we need to make sure that we have this system nice and tight. And this could even be, Dave, a plan B for whenever yeah. we need to change things up, right? And I've also I've always clamored on here that Benfica does not have a plan B. And I think that sometimes Benfica struggles as a result of not having uh, a plan B. Um, let's see what the what some of these guys are saying. Jason Gaidola is saying sometimes the best ability is availability. Bernat still needs to show he's fully fit and healthy. Yeah, agreed. Diogo um, is anyone here noticing Di Maria is always trying Olympicos on his corner kicks? Yeah, I, I, I've noticed that. And maybe he thinks that the Portuguese league is the quality to be able to get away uh, with that. Jason Gaidola is saying Gedge seems like the old forward. Uh, like the only forward was good enough to play deep and help build up the attack. Yeah, with with Gedge, you're gonna have that. You're gonna have a guy that could that could press, right? Because it's a guy that's mobile, and a guy that could drop into the flanks to to get balls to be a, a relief valve if we're being pressured high. I like that. Um, 
still wondering why Benfica spent 20 million on Artur when he wasn't even a Fiorentina starter. Yeah, that is that is a big question. But I think when you're Benfica and you've made the amount of money that you've made in the past couple seasons, you're dealing in a different market. You're not dealing with the flea market like everyone else. You got the high stakes and teams are going to uh teams are going to to get you for it. Um we <laughs> I was thinking about this the other day, Dave. We should ask um Red Star for some money back. Cuz we we were clearly bamboozled by Red Star with this Jurassic uh buy. And and the 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 relationship between the two clubs is, is so close that I, I think that Benfica should go and ask for some money back. <laughs> there, wasn't their coach... Weren't we trying to go after another player from yeah from their squad and their, the coach said that Juristek was the, the better player anyways? <laughs> uh, that, I don't know. I, don't, I, I bet that. you that they, uh, they laugh every time they think about this whole buy. It's just in the same way that we, uh, that we cry. Dave... And uh, not that uh, we want. I want to burn the the guy either, right? Because he is a hefty investment that we yeah. made. But what we're seeing out of him right now is uh, is not good, and it's yeah, it's cost us as we've seen in, in the the last game there. So yeah, uh, and hope and he, hope he figures it out. I got to be honest with you, Dave. I was I was there too. I was on that mindset. It's like, well, all right. Well, we went and got him. Need some t- time to adapt. Maybe he'll turn out into another situation of Bob because Bob was was not great when he came. He's still not <laughs> the right back that we would hope that he, you know. But he's he's okay. He's an upgrade over Gilbert. I think he's in. I mean, in terms of technique and, and knowing how to play the game, he's an upgrade over Andre Almeida for sure. Um, but you're a sec, man. I gotta be honest. After after what I saw this weekend, I'm thinking, man. I I'm I think I'm about done with Jurasek. I don't know. I I've given up hope on Jurasek, and I hope that he proves me wrong. But but certainly everything that I've seen so far is indicative that we're in the presence of a fl- of a major 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 flop uh, for Benfica that we paid a lot of money for. And I yeah. think that just exacerbates the flopness <laughs> of the situation, Dave. Dave, stats so we can move well, on. Go ahead. Yeah, just before we get into the stats, like we like people want to always bring up the uh, the hidden gems that we we hit on, where the Enzos of the world, the Darwins of the world, where we where we hit the lottery and the jackpots. But sometimes you're gonna buy these lottery tickets and you're not gonna hit the jackpots. So yeah. Got to be careful, especially when we're spending ten million on uh, on those lottery tickets. But uh, recap on uh, this game here: Di Maria with his seventh goal of the season, second already from uh, a direct free kick, and uh, Benfica's pretty much got their foot in for the next round of the uh, League Cup. Yep. As long as they don't lose by two or more goals to uh, AVS in the next match, they will uh, qualify for the next round. Yep, yep. So up next. Keys, we're traveling uh, up north to play Shavsh or or Keys, however you wanna you wanna call them. Saturday, three thirty local. Uh, remember, we, we're still uh, Portugal went back uh, an hour this past weekend, and right now we're we're four hours different. If you're in the East Coast or Toronto or up in uh, Mass, we're four hours behind. So the game happens at three thirty local, uh, which is uh, eleven thirty here. Uh, in the east coast of uh, of the U.S., uh, game will be played at uh, Campus near Manuel Branco Teixeira, uh, capacity 5,400, and certainly there will be a very very um, Befica favorable crowd as always is when Befica travels up north. Dave, what shaves up to this uh, this uh, season? The season not too good. Currently in 14th with seven points from two wins, one draw, seven losses. Uh, they've conceded a league high 26 goals uh, through the first nine games of the uh, season. Historically, uh, 29 wins, four draws, four losses in the previous 37 meetings. Uh, however, it's always tricky when we go up up north. Uh, last season, we suffered that 1-0 uh, last-minute yep. defeat 
with that uh, Otamendi uh, blunder there that all, almost cost us the uh, the championship, but uh, never an easy uh, match uh, up north in Shavs. Yeah, worst defense in the league, Shavs uh, is, and as Dave mentioned, uh, one of the 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 few points that Roger Schmidt lost domestically last season was uh, the loss against Shavs. Um, I don't know. Every game now is is tricky for us, especially up north, especially with the how the weather has been in Portugal. It's been raining in Portugal uh, a lot. Uh, there's, they've been getting a lot of a lot of a lot of rain, and up north even more so than than down south. So uh, I'm I don't know what the weather will be like up until Saturday, uh, but certainly uh, you know probably a little bit wetter weather. Um, but yeah, look, it's, it's a game that we need to, uh, that you need to win despite the injuries that we're, we're dealing with because we, we need to, first of all, we can't afford to lose any more points ahead of, of the sporting game, um, because we're going to have a really hard time, um, and Real Sociedad, um, I don't even know if we're going to be able to. Uh, get the three points there. Certainly, the way the team is playing and understanding that you got to play in at their home pitch, uh, it's not. Uh, it's not. The outlook is not very positive, right? But we need to be able to get to the to the Sporting game with the same point uh, gap that we have now, so we're able to uh, try to win that game and and uh, really uh, gain on on Sporting. But uh, certainly another. Another tricky game for Benfica, Dave. Yeah, it's going to be tricky. I think the only hope that I have is this is a, a very poor Shavs, uh that is coming into it. They have have slightly turned it around uh, with uh, their new coach uh, because they, I think, were one of the few teams uh, that uh, had failed to win a game, I think, through the first six matches of the season, if I'm not uh, mistaken, but made the coaching change and then got the two uh, back-to-back victories. But um, they they are a, a leaky defense out there. Out there. Five, not, a 5-0 five uh, defeat last week to Guimarães. Yeah. Conceded four against Boa Vista, conceded uh, four to Braga. So, um, yeah. Hopefully that can that just means we're able to get some guys going on, on the score sheet. Another goal from Cabral would be nice uh, and get the this team clicking here uh, leading up to uh, Sociedad and Sporting matchups uh, coming up next week. Yeah, a goal from anyone would be nice, Dave. Yep, like I said, we're not picky. Yeah, 26 goals allowed. Uh, so far this season by Shavs, that is, as I mentioned, the worst defense. And the, the next worst um, defense in the league has 20. Uh, so they, they've been beaten up a, quite a bit. Uh, and I think that if, you, if you're if betting on this game, you go with that over two and a half for sure. <laughs> you know what's going to happen now, right? It's going to yeah. be a 1-0. One, 1-0. One uh, <laughs> Benfica's going to struggle. Yeah. Uh, the keeper's going to stand on his head and make all kinds of saves. You, you know how it goes. You know how it goes. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, I think that's all we got. Cristiano wasn't here today, so I did most of the talking. Sorry about that. Um, so... What well, what do we got next week? We'll be back. We'll we'll cover this um, Chaves game. We'll look ahead to Real Sociedad, which happens, if I'm not mistaken, on Wednesday, right, Dave? Wednesday, and it's the early uh, matchup. The, so it's uh, twelve five forty five in Portugal. So it'll be twelve forty five. Yeah, here. the the time does uh, go back uh, this Saturday night or or early Sunday morning, however you want to. Uh, look at it uh, if you're here uh, in the East Coast or in in the U.S. Or how does it go? The the North American continent does does it all go back? I don't know. How that goes. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. There's yeah. a couple of provinces up here that don't follow the uh, daylight saving time, but for the most part, your East Coast, your West Coast, yeah, Pacific Coast, they all follow it. Yeah, Chad, give me your pr- predictions for this uh, for this game. I'm gonna say uh, two nothing by Benfica, Dave. What do you got? I was gonna say two nothing. Okay, you can still I'll, I'll say go it. Uh, one. 
I'll go one up. I'll go three nothing then. Yeah, not that I. The only way we get three is because of Shavsh's uh, terrible defensive uh, records so far. But nothing so far, uh, from what I've seen from this uh, team, tells me that they're going to score three. But hey, I love to be uh, proven wrong. So let's what, go three. Yeah. What's everybody feeling? Diogo Reis says three nothing Benfica. Let's go. Uh, li- uh, Liberal says I could see four or five nothing. Sekepau. Sekepau. Uh, look, I, at the end of the day, we're Benficistas. We got to be uh, optimistic about uh, about each game. Each game, I think we sit down and said, Fuck, we're going to win this. And then the whistle goes and we get deflated. Um, yeah, so we'll see. But I think that uh, Benfica should be able to. Um, we need to. We we desperately need to uh, get that momentum going um, because of that game against Sporting. And and look, a derby is a derby, and oftentimes uh, the team that's worse is the team that wins. And with derbies, everything goes out the window because there's there's an added motivation to the game. Um, so we'll see. But the important thing is that we got to win these games now. Got to win against Chavez. If you want to do anything presentable, certainly I wouldn't want to be the first team um, that's ranked or, or that's in pot one that finishes the Champions League campaign with zero points. I mean, we already hold that record through the first round. Uh, let's get some points on on our on our tally. Jason Gaidola two one Agish. Christiana uh, says, "Smash the like button, my friends." <laughs> Christian is here right on time. Um, Liberal saying, I'm banking on this team feeling the heat. Um, Actually clicking offensively. Yeah, I hope that it clicks too. Anyway. All right, fellas. That's all we got. Thank you so much for keeping us company. Thank you all for for being uh, active in the chat. Appreciate it. Cristiano will be back next week. Chris, don't eat too much candy. Take care, everyone.